Hello, Woodmont. Uh, coming to you on uh, Friday, uh, March the 13th, um, with a, a message for the weekend, and you can obviously watch it uh, whenever you'd like. Uh, Donovan Maccabee was going to be preaching this Sunday, um, but we made the decision to cancel church uh, just because of what's going on. And um, we feel like it was the right decision, and it's what everybody was recommending. And so now we want to put something out online uh, so we can continue our series on John um, and uh, give you something to, to watch and, and to study. But I thought it just, first of all, Donovan is just back off a plane from uh, St. Andrew's, Scotland. So I may slide over just a little bit from him. I'll not cough um, in your direction. Thank you. Thank Over you. that way. But uh, he was back in St. Andrews and um, glad he got back uh, and he was going to preach this weekend. So uh, we thought we'd just have a dialogue for the message and we'll put it out there uh, for folks this, this weekend. Um, there's, it's kind of a crazy time oh, in yeah. the world right now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety and, and I've really struggled this week, uh, as have a number of the leaders here of how do we, you know, how do we be proactive and responsible, but not fan the flames uh, of fear? Because if there's anything that, you know, we need with our faith and our spirituality, it's that, um, we need to stay centered and stay calm and not, um, you know, not let fear overcome us. And that, that's the reality all the time, mm -hmm. um, but especially right now. What was it like in, in Scotland when you were there? Was, it, was the fear high or was it, were people not paying as much attention to it? What was it like? They weren't paying quite as much attention at that point. I mean, um, they were, you know, one of the things about a national health care system, uh, not to get political, but... Um, but they had the capacity to test more people early on. Okay. So they did have a handle on where the cases were. Uh, I would say sort of like here, the, the, big, the first thing to go in the stores was hand sanitizer. Right. And so you instantly saw really spurious looking bottles, way overpriced at little shops around town. Right. But I had brought my uh, Purell from the States, <laughs> squirting it on my hands. I'm kind of a germaphobe already. Right. And so this is a germaphobe's absolute worst nightmare and a misanthrope's dream come true. You know, right, people who right, don't like right. people, they're like, self-isolate. Right. I got this one. I'll go away for a but, while. But they were able to test, and that's obviously the news is saying that's been a problem in the U.S. is we have not been able to test, which means we probably don't really know, you know how many cases we're dealing with. And yeah. hopefully as more tests become available, that we're gonna, we are going to see the numbers go up. And that's yeah. kind of what everybody's saying is this is going up and the social distancing that we're doing and Woodmont is trying to participate in that is uh, just to try to limit that upswing because it's gonna go up. The question is just how high yeah. and, and how many. And, um, and so, yeah, we do need more tests and that's what yeah. you know, has been talked about all week and last week. And so hopefully that's gonna happen. Yeah, um, well, well, I know talking to you, it was a hard decision to make yeah. for you and for our church's leadership to say, we're not having church. Right. But when you think about a community of people we have people who are immunocompromised of all ages. Right. And we have uh, one of the blessings of being a multi-generational church is we have a large swath of the population represented here. And right. we particularly want to care for our older members and those who have immune system issues. So I just want to uh, say that I think that was a good call. I was supportive of you and the leadership making that call. I think that's a wise one um, to dance that line between fear and wisdom. And it is a moving target. And, right. um, and I guess part of what we'll look at in the passage today is to say, how can we have peace in the midst of uncertainties? How can we know where our real certainties lie in our right. relationship with God in the midst That's of right. this time? Yeah. 
Well, and that's right. And we want to look out for the elderly folks of Woodmont and this community. And we'll tell everybody that the, the Garden of Prayer, which is right over in between the mansion and the sanctuary, that is an outdoor space. It's actually always open, but it will be open Sunday morning for those who want to come to pray and to reflect at any time. Um, and so we want to offer that so that if people want to come to the church, they still have that option. But we did think that holding uh, corporate worship, even one service, was didn't make sense given what everybody's saying. Yeah. And we thought that was the best. Uh, that was the best decision. Mm -hmm. And um, so thanks for thanks for that, yeah. saying that. But I do. I told Donovan yeah, you were going to preach and say so you're not getting <laughs> off the hook. So we're going to dive in and continue the series on John's Gospel, uh, the Gospel of John, Light and Life. And I'll let Donovan uh, start by reading uh, John, the passage from John 15 that he's been uh, looking at this week. All right. So the Scriptures, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, He prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing." Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As my Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love." If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's, lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that the father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I'm giving you these commands so that you may love one another. You obviously started thinking about this passage, which is a, is a great passage, mm -hmm. part of this farewell discourse in John's gospel. Um, so what was, what was on your mind uh, as you were preparing the sermon? And, uh, you know, I, I know, you, I know you, you, you will keep working uh, up until the time you preach, but you obviously had the wheels turning. And mm -hmm. uh, when, you, when you read this passage, what, what jumps out at you? What, what, uh, where was your mind going? Well, I think, um, you know, I was thinking about this before, the coronavirus event totally blew up uh, here. And even without that, I think about how unrooted I feel sometimes and how unrooted a lot of people feel sometimes. I feel like our lives throw a lot of uncertainties at us, whether that's with our family lives, our work lives, our friendships, relationships. And so I think 
one of the aspects of this passage that came home to me was just the notion of being rooted in God, being rooted in Christ. And um, I I just find a lot of um, encouragement in that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes with with, uh, so many agricultural metaphors in Scripture, and we don't live in an agricultural sort of context anymore. And so it takes us a little bit to spend time with these metaphors and think through what Jesus is trying to say to us. Because when I think of... When I think of plants, I used to think of killing them because I'm a terrible gardener. <laughs> right. Like I've killed, right. I've killed plants by not giving them enough water. Right. I've killed plants by giving them too much water. Right. I've killed plants by doing exactly what you're supposed to do for that plant. Right. And so when I come up against a plant metaphor, I'm like, hold on, you know, this yeah. is. Uh, let me spend some time with this. This doesn't really speak to me. No. But, but we got to let it speak. Yes. To us, yes. Right? And I think the idea that God is a gardener, I find encouraging because it's like, surely He knows how to work that plant and make it make it grow and make it be nourished. You know. Yeah, one of my thoughts is we already live in a culture that is very fearful and very anxious to begin with, mm-hmm. and so you throw a global health pandemic on top of that. <laughs> And it just takes it up to another level. Yeah. So people are already nervous, already anxious, already fearful. Yeah. And then now, you know, with markets falling and uh, news reports constant and, and all these things being shut down. I mean, the NCAA basketball tournament and the SEC basketball tournament, and the NBA season, those are major decisions with a lot of revenue on the line. Yeah. And, and because of what the, the healthcare professionals are saying, we can slow this down if we if we cancel that. But for people to really see that on their TV screen mm-hmm. and to read that in the newspaper and to come to terms with it, it's like, wow, this is real. And so my, my only point is that in a, a culture that's already fearful and anxious, we just took it up a whole nother level. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, everybody's experiencing that. And right now, what I've tried to tell people is we need to be as calm as we can be. And we need to try to be as grounded as we can be. Um, you know, love each other, support each other, and um, not fan the flames of fear, but still be responsible. Yeah. Um, This is a a book that I've kind of recommended with the series. Uh, It's Adam Hamilton's book on John, Mm -hmm. and he actually has some really uh, interesting things to say about this passage. I thought I'd share it, and I want you to keep talking. Mm -hmm. Um, You sure? He said, (laughs) yes, Donovan, (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) Jesus changed the metaphor. You want to go back to uh, Scotland? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Jesus changed the metaphor. He said that he is the vine and his followers are the branches. We know that no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must stay firmly attached to the vine. Uh, Science tells us that the roots supply the plant with water and nitrogen and other nutrients. The leaves take in carbon dioxide and light, producing Mm -hmm. sugars which are transformed into fruit. Imagine what would happen if we were to cut a branch from a vine. It would stand no chance of producing fruit. So Jesus was saying, if you are to be fruitful, you must remain connected to me. How do we remain connected to Christ? We talk with him, we worship, we pray, we do his work, and we invite the spirit to remain in us. We meet with others to study and encourage one another. And as the spirit remains in us, we remain in Christ. What else were you thinking about this week as you were preparing this? Well, I think that connects with a lot of the other things I was seeing. So, I mean, first off, I, was, I love the idea that we are rooted in Christ. And uh, what better way in a time of uncertainty to think about a plant that 
or a vine that's roots dig down into the soil and is the, the vine is literally grounded, right. you know? Uh, but then what you're, what uh, Hamilton is talking about in that passage and what you're, you're getting to is the fact that the branches on a vine are interconnected with one another. And so we need our relationship with God to feel that nourishment that right. the branches get from the vine, from right. where the plant starts. But then also we are part of a web of tangled, of tangled branches, you know, right. that, that, that we are with one another in that. And so uh, uh, the reason I went to Scotland wasn't just, just for fun, but it was a lot just for fun. Uh, yeah. But uh, there, was a, there, there, was a, a, there was a poetry there conference. There was a poetry conference. Right. Okay. And, and yeah. you know, whenever there's a poetry conference anywhere in the world, everybody wants to get so there. So tell us about that poetry conference. So Tom. it was a great poetry conference. And I want to thank my university's faculty development fund for paying for my trip. Thank you. Belmont's so that way. Thank you, Belmont. Um, but uh, the, the story I was getting to is I left the Monday before last. And so I'm over, over the North Atlantic, you know, um, chilling out, trying to get a little sleep. And I land in Heathrow and I get these texts from Megan. And so while I was having a smooth flight to my destination, my wife was just across here uh, terrified in our bathroom with our two small children with the tornado sirens going on. And so the night I left is the night that, that the tornadoes hit north and east Nashville. And when I realized that, I felt this ache of I'm supposed to be there with, I was supposed to be there with my wife and my children in this moment of uncertainty and fear. And, uh, and uh, so I felt that ache because I'm connected to my wife. I'm connected to my children. We feel that with our families. When one member of our family goes through something, we want to be with them in that. But one of the things that I think this passage pushes us beyond just the scope of our initial family is to recognize that that's how we are to exist within the body of Christ. Right. That we are interconnected with one another. That when one member hurts, we all hurt. And we are all, um, we are all one sort of organism, one plant, one, one vine, one, uh, you know, set of branches that, that need one another for the nourishment to continue to flow out to all the branches. We all have to be tapped into that source. And so that's one of the beautiful things that I think this passage yeah. can challenge us in our individualistic types of faith where we think, oh, it's just me and God. Well, no, your relationship with God, my relationship with God impacts all of those around us, members of the body of Christ and our broader community. And so that's one of the things I love about the passage, pushing yeah. us towards that deeper understanding of connectivity and of community. Well, and, and I'm thinking about the decision to not have worship, you know, one of the hardest parts about that was with everything going on and with all the craziness and all the fear, you know, the thought was people want to come to their church and just be centered and pray. Yeah. And then all of a sudden church is canceled too. Yeah. And it seems like, okay, where, you know, where do I go? People are anxious. And, the, and you're right. It's during times like this that faith does root us. If you think back to uh, other times throughout history, like 9-11 and, um, you know, uh, other just significant uh, historical events, people would come to church, mm -hmm. one, to be with each other because they wanted to, to to hug each other and to support each other, which we can't do right now, but also just because they wanted their faith to ground them. And so um, that, you know, so absolutely, it's we're called as Christians to remain connected to Christ, but also to each other. And mm -hmm. one of the hard things right now is that yeah. we can't really be connected to each other yeah. because we're not... we're. We're supposed to be social distancing. Yes. And, and um, instead of a high five on that, I'm just going to yeah, elbow exactly. bump you there. Yeah, an elbow. And, and 
And so I, you know, I've, I've been saying and teaching for years that, I mean, the last thing our culture needs is social distancing because yeah. we've been doing that for decades. Yeah. But right now, that's what we're being told to do. Um, but we are social creatures. And when we have to be by ourselves or exist in isolation, that does up our anxiety and our fear yeah. that we need each other to support each other. Yeah. Um, some of you may not know this, but Donovan and I met uh, back in uh, 2002 uh, at Princeton Seminary, and um, and and that's where our friendship goes back that 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 long. But Carl Barth is a huge theologian at Princeton, and I just keep thinking about his theology is Christocentric, grounded in Christ. You know that that I feel like Christians really get in trouble when they start focusing on things other than Christ. That's when Christians get in trouble. That's when churches get in trouble. Um, that we're called to be connected to the true vine, mm-hmm. which is which is Jesus Christ, and um, and there's all kinds of things in this world that try to pull us from that um, constantly, and so we have to remain grounded. And part of the way we do that is through Scripture, through prayer, through worship. Mm-hmm. What else were you thinking about this week? Well, I think I think one of the last things I was thinking about was. Um, the idea that as, as branches, um, there is a pruning process um, and um, a process of shaping us. And I think the thing that I love about that is, is that if, if, you know, God the Father is sort of pictured as the vine dresser in this passage, and so that when the shape that we're taking doesn't produce the kind of fruit that we should be producing, that God shapes us, that God prunes us. And I think that should be um, a comforting idea for us because, you know, I, I think humans, we might be the only animals that don't necessarily live out our truest nature without help. Does that's that right. make sense? No, that's right. And so I think... Uh, to use a word that definitely comes from the agrarian culture, we need to cultivate That's spiritual right. disciplines in our life so that we can be cultivated into the shapes, into the people that, that produce fruit. And so I think part of that is God beautifying us, that shaping us into something of beauty so that we can be fruitful, uh, fruitful branches in the body of Christ. And so I think that, that our spiritual life being seen as part of an act of cultivation uh, is an encouraging thing as we continue to grow and say, what does it mean to be a Christian in Nashville, in America at this point in history? And hopefully, as we grow in Christ, our understanding of that deepens and our experience of fruitfulness can deepen as well. No, I agree. And one of the yeah. things Jesus says is, you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by the way that they behave. You will know them by the way that they talk. You will know them by the way that they treat other people. And I think what happens, um, at least I know for me, uh, is that when when I um, say or do things that that I'm ashamed of or not proud of, it's usually because I've lost my spiritual grounding. I haven't cultivated, you know, my own uh, spiritual life. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm exhausted, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. spent. And one of the things that fear does is fear just exhausts us. We don't have to do anything but be at home, you know, with the TV on or just with, you know, this going on in our heads of, I don't want to get the virus. I don't want my family Mm -hmm. to get it. Uh, um, And we just, it wears us out. And so we have to be very intentional, um, not just during a health pandemic, but all the time 
to um, to cultivate our faith and our spiritual lives and to help each other do that. Yeah. Um, because a big part of the Christian faith is we do that as a community. Mm-hmm. You know, we do that together. Yeah. And um, um, I was going to read another another uh, uh, part of this. This is actually a, a prayer of Saint Patrick uh, that mm-hmm. Hamilton includes um, in this in this uh, particular chapter. Um, it says this: Christ with me, Christ before me. Christ behind me, Christ in me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ on my right, Christ on my left, Christ when I lie down, Christ when I sit down, Christ in the heart of everyone who thinks of me, Christ in the mouth of everyone who speaks of me, Christ in the eye that sees me, Christ in the ear that hears me. Um, That's a great uh, prayer in the Christian tradition um, that basically reminds us of what it feels like or looks like to be grounded in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet we can all point to times when we don't live that way. Yeah. Um, even ministers, even religion professors. Even uh, religion professors. <laughs> we get to a place where we're exhausted <laughs> and we're stretched too thin and we're fearful yeah. and we need, you know, we need to be recharged like, yeah. our, like our cell phones. We need to be reconnected to the true vine. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. And, uh, and, 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 and we have to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. I think especially during a time like this. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts? Uh, and, and you've, got, you've had some great ones, and this is a really oh, powerful thanks. passage yeah. um, that I think is honestly that the, the timing is, is very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, the timing yeah. is very good. Um, you know, uh, Jesus, I will, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, we've, we've, we focused last week on what Jesus tells his disciples, you know, you love one another as I've loved you. They'll know you're my disciples mm-hmm. if you love one another. And, um, uh, and, and so, you know, basically in this final discourse in John's gospel, which is, you know, five chapters different from mm-hmm. the other three gospels, you know, John 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17, all kind of focused on the last supper in these final words that Jesus has with his disciples. You know, Jesus said that we bear fruit by keeping his commandments. Uh, it's what he requires of his disciples. If we do what Jesus tells us to, then we are bearing fruit. Um, he says, if that's true, then what are the commandments? He says, undoubtedly there are many, but they all seem to come down to one thing. This is my commandment, love each other just as I have loved you. No one has greater love than to give up one's life for one's friends. Um, what does it look like to be a mature Christian? In some churches, it's how much of the Bible you memorize. In some churches, it's how orthodox is your, your theology is. In some churches, it's how many mission trips you, know, you can take or go on. But Jesus simplified it. He said the measure of spiritual maturity is love. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the reality. You know, the, the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear, but the opposite is true too. When we fear... We have a hard time loving. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to love and to serve when we're afraid. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so true. everything boils down to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but fear keeps us from love. Mm-hmm. And uh, our lives are, are filled with fear. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people are really wrestling with right now is, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm afraid. How bad is this going to get? Um, the stock market's crumbling. I've worked hard mm-hmm. to save money. I want to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, it hits home for people on many different fronts. Yeah. So. Oof, well, maybe, maybe we can end with, with an act of love here. I've, I have here a bottle of hand sanitizer and I'll, I'll put some on and then 
You can put some on, and then we can actually shake hands. Okay, I like I mean, that. Does that sound good? I like that. Just, I like we'll that. end with an act of love. All right, an act of love, a responsible <laughs> act of love. Um, Donovan. Hey, man. Thanks for thanks for uh, the thoughts this morning. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry you didn't get to preach Sunday, but there'll be another one coming up. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, uh, anyway, we hope that this will be meaningful to you and your family uh, as you watch this at home, or maybe you're in the mountains, or maybe you're at the beach, or maybe you're out of town, but um, we can uh, just use this as a way to be grounded uh, in Scripture uh, and grounded in the true vine. Um, so thank you. Thanks, man. <laughs> oh, well, that's no right. <laughs> uh, let's, let's close with a prayer. Um, loving God, during this time when many people are fearful and afraid, um, we pray for your peace that will calm us, and we pray for uh, your love that will ground us. Um, thank you for Donovan and for the thoughts he shared on this passage from John 15 and help all of us uh, in this time uh, to remember to be grounded to Christ and to love and serve each other and to not be afraid. All this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.